Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Another edition of the All American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh, and as always, I'm joined with my pal Will. Yes, sir. And the Professor Smoke. Hey, hey. And welcome to a new decade. It's kind of a uh, you know New Year's uh, 2020, so it's the beginning of a new decade. I guess the Roaring Twenties, however everyone's gonna eventually call it, or the Shitty Twenties, whatever. Uh, this is the first <laughs> podcast of the next decade um from us so uh it's kind of a you know we'll have a little bit of a side bit you know we'll talk about some uh, stuff from the past decade and uh but the main event today is we're going to be talking about the film from last year 2019 brightburn i i, I guess it kind of it's definitely a horror movie but it's not necessarily all horror movie it, it's it's a kind of a cross-genre type of movie wouldn't you say like probably falls in three or four different categories oh yeah, oh, yeah. and that's by james gunn who uh or you know he was the executive producer of it who was uh you know obviously has his finger in the uh Guardians of the Galaxy Pie. He's all, you know, that's that's his world. So that's kind of what you're in for today. Is uh, we'll talk about him and Brightburn and everything. But uh, I guess before we uh, get too deep into things, uh, Will, what have you been up to lately since uh, since last year? <laughs> yeah, same old, same old. Just working. Uh, uh, haven't got a ton of movies in uh, here lately. Uh, besides uh, Spies in the Skies. <laughs> so I'm sure we'll be hitting that one pretty soon on the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, that's <laughs> that we've we've actually got the next couple of episodes planned out, but that's the next one. So we can just go ahead and add it in. Uh, <laughs> Spies in disguise. <laughs> uh, a little small indie film called yeah. uh, uh, Star Wars. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, that's about it. Smoke. What about you? Been catching up on anything interesting lately? Uh, not well. Movie wise, when it's going to be on my next seven days off, I'm going to catch up because I still haven't seen Star Wars yet. I want to see that movie Underwater, and uh, I'd wait like to see 1917 too, the World War One movie. So wait a minute, got to catch wanna, up on all those. You want to see Star Wars mm-hmm. Underwater? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I want to see Star Wars Underwater in 1917. All right, well, it makes sense. Someone, <laughs> there's a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, long time ago, 1917. Yeah, where the Gungans uh, lived underwater. That's right. Underwater. <laughs> with the Gungans, is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to hang out with Jar Jar. <laughs> That's right. But uh, as far as watching so far, I haven't, movie-wise, I haven't seen a whole lot here recently that's new, but I've been catching up on, well, I haven't been catching up on it, but been re-watching The Office. Like I said, my wife had never seen, had never really watched any of the episodes before for whatever reason. She had just missed out on it, so we started watching it from season one. 
Mm-hmm. They got caught up to like season three now. Yeah, there's actually a, an office connection to today's movie, Brightburn. That we'll get That's into. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's right. And, <laughs> and uh, Tiana, my wife, picked it out. Like, I didn't even realize it when the first time around that we saw Brightburn in the theater. Uh, I didn't even really, I mean, I knew he was familiar, you know, he had the beard and everything, but yep. I didn't, I hadn't seen the office in a while. I hadn't seen that guy in a while mm-hmm. and didn't really connect with it then. And then when we were just watching it the other night again, she's like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's uh, what's the name from the office? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Myself, I've actually been, uh, catching up on, I've been trying to catch up on some movies that came out in the last year. I finally got around to watching uh midsummer, oh, know, yes, which yeah. that movie is, I don't even know what to think <laughs> about that movie, man. That thing's an acid trip. <laughs> that is it is odd love that one. it's really good it was really good it's just odd yeah. I mean that's the only way I can say about it and I'm sure we'll get around to that sooner or later here on the show um, oh yeah. yeah also watched a movie that came out last summer called uh, Crawl did yeah you, did you get a chance to, yeah yeah uh, well you might like that you'd probably honestly you'd probably like that one more than Midsummer, if I had to guess <laughs> <laughs> by some uh, uh, a girl and his uh, and her father trapped up underneath a house during a hurricane and there's alligators uh, oh, yeah, I think I remember the yeah, previews yeah, it, for it. It's pretty. It was better than I, I thought. That. It was better than I, I gave it credit to be. You know, I, I thought. I mean, it was pretty good. Yeah, we saw it in the theater, and it was like a little sleeper type movie. You know, I mean, we saw the trailer and like wanted to see it in the theater, but didn't really expect much out of it. Just thought it would be a fun little popcorn movie. Yeah, and it did turn out better than expected. Yeah, I mean, that's basically. I mean, that's probably where I would classify it: a fun little matinee type flick. You know. Yep. Uh, it ain't uh, it ain't the Godfather, but it ain't supposed to be either. So you know, it's pretty good. It just is what it is. But it's, it's no late classic three. But you know, <laughs> yeah, of course not. <laughs> what is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's something that I had fairly low expectations for, and I was pleasantly surprised. So that's all you can ask for. True. And uh, I just finished watching Ready or Not. Have you seen that one yet? Smoke. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Uh, and, uh, that yeah. was the one with the, the with the games, right? With yeah. the uh, board yeah. game yeah. Empire guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty damn good. That was yeah, that was another one of those that I, I personally didn't expect much from it, other than you know, just kill an hour and a half at the theater, maybe it'll be all right, and then yep. ended up liking it quite a bit. Which kind of leads me into uh, what we're going to discuss here for the next few minutes is like, so we figured we'd kind of have a little bit of fun and we'll talk about um, some of our favorite movies from the last decade. I mean, we're not going to go over like a you know pour over a, a thousand uh, movie list here, just. Kind of, you know, we'll give you our uh, top three, maybe in no certain order, you know, from the last decade or so. We kind of recommend you go check out. I, I wouldn't necessarily say any of those movies I just mentioned would would make my top three, per se. But uh, all of those were really good, and I would definitely recommend them. And and like you said, The Crawl and Ready or Not, kind of like uh, underrated. Not Maybe not underrated. Just kind of mm-hmm. come, out, come out of left field. Like, you don't really have high expectations, yeah. and then they kind of surprise you. So there was a lot of those in the last decade, though, in my opinion. There, there was some good quality horror films in the last 10 years. Pro- I mean, you could, you could definitely make the argument that it was better than the previous 10 years before that, right? Say 2000 to uh, uh, 2009, 2010 to 2019. Yeah, were would be pretty hard-pressed to come up with a list for that without really doing some research. <laughs> I mean, I'm from 2000 to 2009. Yeah, yeah. And that, uh, you'd have to dig a little bit. dry spells for really good stuff. So, Will, did you uh, come up with any movies that you really enjoyed over the last 10 years? I personally loved it. Uh you know, like, like both, both, uh, I guess, chapters of that. I'm sorry, before you move on, you actually had that one on your uh, top 13 list that we did on uh, YouTube, right? The uh, top 13, like, favorite horror movies of all time list that we yeah. did back before yeah, Halloween. Oh, yeah. no, I loved one. it, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, honestly, I think I was probably a little biased with that one too, though, because you know I had read the book within the past couple of years. So yeah. I think I think the other two I came up with was uh, Conjuring and Get Out. It's hard to argue those. Matter of fact, I'll just go ahead and jump ahead <laughs> since you just said them. Uh, I had the Conjuring and It, the first one, on my list. But instead, it's hard to argue with Get Out. That was that was damn good. But I'm gonna have to lean towards Hereditary on mine, man. That was a damn good movie. And like, and and not even so much like it's like the best movie you've ever seen or anything like that. But that movie like truly haunted me afterwards. Like I couldn't stop thinking about it for like a week or so after that. What about you, Smoke? Yeah, that actually you know kind of transitions into my list as well. Uh, Hereditary. I, I, I'll go with my top because i can pick my top one in the last decade so far and it's been uh robert eggers the witch yeah i almost that, put that one on that, mine i love that movie it's just a, it's a polarizing type movie though because some people will watch it and they'll absolutely hate it mm-hmm. so even you know when it first came out it was that way even now people who haven't seen it you know you go on the internet you'll see all kind of reviews for it and praising it and some just you know hating on it so it struck me as one of those like just you know hit a home run for me and uh, i think that kind of was one of those first movies that kind of set the ball in motion there for that type of horror that's not 100% horror, at least not in the traditional sense. And, you know, it's about art house elements and everything comes into play, non-traditional type storyline and everything uh, that leads into Hereditary, which uh, that was my number two pick was Hereditary as well. Yeah, I think definitely an innovative film. Like you're saying, it's just it makes you think and really gets under the skin. Yeah, man, that's that movie, like I'm telling you, like when you watch that, you're sitting there like for a for like the next five or ten minutes after it, like, damn. Yeah. yeah. Good Lord. What was that? You know? <laughs> it's almost like uh, uh, going past a car wreck that you know somebody died. You know? It's like <laughs> there's this morbid yep. sense that comes over you. Like, Jesus. I don't know. I can't explain it any other way. That's just kind of the way it hit me. You know? I don't know. Maybe that's yep. weird. But yep. <laughs> it was damn good. I, uh, we, we, should get, we should get around to watching that one on the podcast here just so Will will watch it. Because I know he's probably not going to yeah, go watch yeah. it otherwise. So we <laughs> there were some really i mean as you can see from you know kind of our uh little mini list there uh there were some really good ones in the last decade i mean like uh i'm just looking at like a a, kind of an unparticular list here it follows uh from 2014 yes yes that's another great one yeah uh 2011 cabin uh the cabin in the woods which that movie's not completely not what you think it is even based on the name and Mm. the way they marketed it right like it's it's completely over here by the time you get to the end of it. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. The Babadook. Um, yeah. Another one of those, like, jacked-out movies, you know, that kind of makes you uh, dwell on it a little while afterwards. Oh, yeah. Like, I was just talking about Midsummer. Don't Breathe. Um, don't ask me. I was about to mention Don't Breathe, too. Yeah. yeah a, <laughs> a Quiet Place. Um, I, I'm pretty sure almost, I think every single, yeah, every single Conjuring Universe movie came out in the last decade, too, so... I guess yeah. that that'll kind of be, kind of be uh, what the decade is remembered for, really. If you think about it, like the big budget uh, or the big the money, oh, the, yeah. the, the movies that made a huge thing. yeah yeah the, the movies that made huge amounts of money, like it those both both those it movies, um, the remake of Halloween, Insidious, the whole Insidious. I think yeah. didn't that come out? In yeah, I think, I think you're right. If, if not all of them, pretty much all of them in the last decade. Yeah. Uh, Quiet Place was very successful. Um, yeah. Even some of the, you know, and obviously the the streaming, you know, the the rise of the streamers, right, in the last 10 years, how all these streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, uh, Amazon Prime, even Disney Plus, you know, which is a more recent one, but still, like, 
they've all gave rise uh well, maybe not disney plus but all those other ones all have their place for horror right you know they even like netflix uh makes a lot of you know original horror although it's kind of devoid of like any older stuff anymore on there mm. but you know they still make good uh horror series and uh horror movies on netflix so you know that that'll kind of be what the decades remember for as well too yeah just tons of good stuff i mean more than we could probably sit here and recommend we would yeah. sit here for the next 30 minutes talking about it the remake uh even <laughs> some re some remakes like evil dead the evil dead remake yeah um what we do in shadows that was kind of a a weird or a kind of a comedic look at vampires and stuff. Just tons of them. Lights out, Happy Death Day, both those movies. Just a lot of good stuff. Um, the so, Green Room. That was another yeah, one. I thought it was yeah. uh, another one of those that played off of not strictly horror, but definitely has that horror element mm -hmm. in place. And what about Catwoman? Oh wait, that was uh, before <laughs> Black. I, I, yeah, I think that was uh, a horror movie from the first decade. Pretty. <laughs> pretty terribly horrible <laughs> i think catwoman gets brought up every other episode as a <laughs> as a horror movie at this point um i think uh the one that we're about to talk about today brightburn you got to kind of include that on the list too you know although maybe not completely your traditional horror it's definitely a horror movie uh in my oh, opinion yeah. so uh yeah i mean that you can throw this one in there as well i, I think that's one of the interesting things too about that whole decade is especially near, as it got near the end halfway through the decade or so is, is these movies coming out there aren't they don't you know try to strive to be just strictly horror they use a lot of elements from horror and from other genres and put it together and it's not some kind of cheap way like in you know sometimes back in the 90s when a filmmaker or a production studio didn't want to be associated with horror they'd make horror movies but they didn't want to call them horror movies you know it's a thriller yeah. or, or whatever yeah. so we don't want to call it horror but now there's you know they're whether they call it horror or not they're using these elements and combining them with other genres and doing it i think doing it in a, a way that works yeah i agree it's been a it's been a good decade for sure There's tons of good movies if you want to get in contact with us you can email us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com you know if you have any questions or uh you just want to trash will or anything like that you know you can email that there wait what uh so we have a twitter account uh it's at aa spook show on instagram no, is, that, is that a thing is uh that... facebook and youtube you can uh, look up all american spook show and you'll find us there you can also look us Is up. Is this up. thing on? Uh, we have a T Public page. Um, you can just look up All American Spook Show. You'll find that. You know, you logoed merchandise, shirts, mugs, uh, hoodies. I guess I hell whatever they uh, throw the logo on. You can find that there, and that'll help uh, help support the podcast. Uh, if you go check that out. There was uh, also one other uh, new note that I was gonna uh, throw out to the uh, fans that are listening today. Um, we're now affiliated with a. Uh, I guess it's a new website called MutantFam.com. It's kind of a, a grouping of uh, like-minded folks that are uh, fans of Joe Bob Briggs and, uh, you know, The Last Drive-In and just horror in general. Uh, our, our friends over there says this, uh, they describe it as a one-stop location for everything that members of Mutant Fam are making from podcasts to YouTube channels, Etsy crafts, I guess that's how you say it, to short films and everything in between. So just go on mutantfam.com and you can, uh, we're, we have a presence there. You, you can find all of our uh, social links and uh, go listen to the podcast and wherever you can find that there. And uh, plen tons of other uh, horror pod horror theme podcasts, YouTube channels, all that stuff there. So it's kind of a, just to think of it as a one-stop catcher for all these things. You go on there and you can just, you know, uh, pick your poison. So it's all laid out in front of you. So Go check out MutantFam.com if you get a chance. So I guess without uh, any further buildup, we can go ahead and toss to the trailer for 2019's Brightburn.
I know it's been difficult for you lately that you feel different from other kids. You are different. After your dad and I got married, we prayed for a baby for so long. Alright, so that was the trailer for 2019's Brightburn. Um, so I guess before we go, you know, start going into the background and everything, we'll get into the initial reactions to it. Um, first off, this is is this is not the first time you guys have watched it. No, no, no I saw the, the theater. That was the last time. The only time before watching it recently was in the theater. I saw it once. Yeah, same here. So believe it or not, this is one of the few times that. Uh, well, no surprise with Smoke, but uh, Will has watched something before I have. This is the first time I've watched this movie. Get on, son. Yeah. <laughs> Once every 23 episodes, this happens. <laughs> and uh, actually, the next episode will be interesting, too, but we'll get into that toward the end of the show. <laughs> and I think that's going to be another, another not a first, because I, I, there's at least one movie, maybe two, that... None of us have seen. And yeah, I know yeah. This will be one of those two. This is rare. This is rare that uh, we run into something that uh, none of us have seen. Uh, that's a little teaser for the end of the show. Stick around; you'll find out what it is for the next episode. So, Will, what were your initial reactions? You know, when you watched this uh, back when it came out in uh, May of 2019. Oh God, I loved it. I mean, you know, just the the, the fact that everything is a superhero right now. You know, and somebody kind of did kind of an original idea based off of that was. It was great. I mean, to me, you know, like when, when you think Superman and if it went bad, like this is pretty much the beginning of it. Uh, what about you, Smoke? Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I kind of liken it a little bit to the, you remember, the, and, I mean, I don't think they still publish this at all, but back in the, I guess, 70s and 80s and they, when uh, Marvel was publishing that What If series. Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> now, of course, this is playing off DC and Superman and everything, but it's the same, that concept is like, what, you know, what if, well, what if those comics were R-rated as well? Because <laughs> it's pretty graphic. Now, DC, uh, DC, I'm not sure if they still do it, but they used to have those, uh, basically kind of their same deal was Elseworlds, where it was like... Okay, yeah. But it basically, right. I think they kind of described it as same like, this is, it's another multiverse, like the multiverse thing, where like, 
mm. you know, uh, here's this, here's a different premise, but it's over here on this planet. And I think that's how they came up with the 52 planets or 52 oh, yeah. universes or whatever in the DC multiverse. You know, that's a whole deeper thing. But yeah, I think in DC yeah. they called it Elseworlds. But yeah, same premise. And I was thinking the exact yeah. same thing, you know, when I was how to describe this to someone else. I came up, you know, I thought of that one. Yeah, because it's, and it kind of took me by surprise when I saw it. the trailer, of course, you know, in, trailers don't really matter. It's like, they're going to make a trailer and it's going to be something that's going to usually draw you in anyway. So when I saw the trailer, I'm like, yeah, this looks interesting. I'll go check it out and see. I didn't really wasn't expecting much out of it, but really did uh, love it that first time I saw it. And this second time around watching it. Uh, just as well, just as good as the first time I saw it. Uh, myself, this being the first time I've seen it, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know exactly what I was expecting. I, I guess I expected a little bit more, I don't know, uh, evilness, a little bit more heinousness, I guess. I don't know how to frame it. Um, but it, otherwise, it pretty much delivered on what I figured it would be, you know, and I was satisfied with it. I enjoyed it, you know, but I guess we'll go a little bit further down the road there. But that that's that was kind of, you know, later on, but that was kind of my initial reactions to it. So I guess uh, before we uh, dive into the old uh, blow-by-blow on this one, we'll give a little bit of background information, you know, what I was able to find out. And, I'm, and I'll defer to you guys if you were able to find anything else interesting out about it. Um, the movie was released... May 24th of 2019, so, you know, it's within the last year of recording this podcast, by Screen Gems, Stage 6 Films, The H Collective, and Troll Court Entertainment. It was distributed by Sony Pictures Releasing, so this was this was a Sony product, because uh, I think, like, uh, Screen Gems and Stage 6 Films are owned by Sony, so this, this is Sony all over it. The total runtime for the movie is one hour and 30 minutes. Uh, of course, if you've seen the movie, and, uh, you know, by this point you should have if you're listening to this, is rated R. That's before I continue. That's another thing that I forgot to add. We are a spoiler podcast, so anything we say from this point forward, if you haven't seen *Brightburn*, go ahead and pause this, go check it out, and then come back and listen because we're going to spoil the hell out of it. So, fair warning. Um, it's listed as a uh, at least this is on IMDb. It was listed as a drama first, horror second, then mystery third. So that just kind of tells you how all over the board this movie kind of is, right? <laughs> and then if you were going to go on subgenre, you could say superhero, maybe thriller. I don't know, however else you want to classify it. But it's it's got a lot of tags you can attach to this one, in my opinion. Best I can tell, this movie was shot in Georgia, the state of Georgia, in uh, pretty much the entire month of May of 20, 2018. Its budget was now I saw that. Uh, one one place I saw the budget was about six million, but then I saw another place at six to twelve. So it's pretty fair to say it's somewhere in that range, I guess. You know, it's probably a more accurate accurate deal. Six to twelve million to make it. Um, in the U.S., it grows seventeen point three million dollars. Uh, its international total was fifteen point five million dollars for a grand total of thirty two point eight million dollars altogether. So. Probably not as successful as they had liked it would have liked it to be, especially in 2019. That's not, that's not a lot of. I mean, that that look, they made their money back and then some, but that's not a uh, what you would say a, a booming success either, right? Yeah, yeah. But I always think it's fair to kind of put these things in context when we can, because you know sometimes movies, you know, they don't play very long, so it's kind of hard to show what it was stacked up against. This one played wide, so it is fair to compare it against other things. The same weekend this came out. Uh, like I said, May 24th of, of last year, 2019, was the same weekend that the uh, live-action remake of Aladdin came out from Disney. So that that week, Aladdin smoked it with $91.5 million. <laughs> but Brightburn, like I said, came in number five at $7.8 million that in its opening, $7.8. Um, but it was also that week up against the 
second week of John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. The fifth week of Avengers Endgame. (laughs) (laughs) And the third week of Pokemon's uh, Detective Pikachu. So, I mean, it had some stiff competition, but, you know, now you're getting into that summer movie releasing time, right? You know, when this came out. So, yeah, it got rolled up pretty, pretty quick by at least what, uh, well, Avengers Endgame went on to become the most successful movie ever released, you know, by a little bit over Avatar. And <laughs> and Aladdin, I'm pretty sure, ended up being one of the most successful of the year overall, too. And, of course, John... Never heard of any of these. Yeah, and, of course, John Wick 3 and uh, Detective Pikachu all broke, like, well over uh, $100, $200 million a piece each, too. So, it had some... Uh, uh, Detective Pikachu. Some pretty stiff competition <laughs> when this movie came out. And, and I don't think it had... A lot of traction either. Like I don't think it, I don't think it played extremely long. I mean, I'm sure some some bigger movies came along in the weeks following and just kind of booted it out after a few weeks. I don't I don't think it lasted through the summer. You know, hell, it may not even last it to the end of June. You know why? <laughs> yeah, I can remember when we saw it. When I, I know we like jumped on it because it was just one of those we figured would be in and out real quick, and we wanted to see it in the theater. So yeah, I don't know how long it lasted, but I don't think it was long at all. I'd say just a few weeks. You know, wide at least. You know, not playing. Uh, some second screen somewhere for a while, but yeah, I don't yeah. think it lasted an extremely amount of long amount of time. And uh, I don't know what its sales are on a DVD, Blu-ray, digital, and all that since then, but it's probably comparable to it now <laughs> than what it made in the box office, I'm sure. Or at least at least half of that. It was directed by David Yerovesky, um, who, from what I can tell, had only really directed a movie called The Hive, which I'd never heard of a handful of years ago. And uh, he also, I guess another thing you may or may not uh, have noticed him from is he played the goth Ravager in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. He was one of the Ravagers, Um, which there's a lot of those, you know, obviously now you you can connect the dots with James Gunn and some of the other stuff he's done. You'll see it, you know, when I'm describing all these things or explaining some of these things, which leads me to the executive producer, James Gunn, who you would know from the uh, both the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And he's uh, currently going going to make the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie after Disney fired him for some old inappropriate jokes or some old inappropriate tweets or something, right? Some stupid joke. They fired him and uh, I guess uh, six, seven, eight months later decided to rehire him. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> who knows what the hell. Is the, uh, yes. <laughs> is the coast clear? All right, come on back. Come on, yeah, yeah, come on, come man. On. Guardians made a shit ton of money for us. We want you back. <laughs> and literally everybody is walking out. We better, we better, better bring yeah, him back. Yeah. And but the other interesting little part to that though is while he was gone, he uh, came into an agreement with DC and Warner Brothers to make the Suicide Squad for them, which I think will be coming out in the next year or two, something like that. So, so now he's actually going to be one of the few guys that is going to play a huge part in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC Comics. Uh, you know, whatever the hell they're calling it this week, uh, movie universe. And of course, you know, if for whatever reason you don't know him from those things, he, uh, he actually started his career at Troma Pictures when I was looking him up. I didn't know that. Uh, he had like, uh, wrote or directed Tromeo and Juliet back in the 90s. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, that's he, he, his roots come from Troma Pictures, believe it or not. Um, probably one of his, uh, early claims to fame, though, is he made the movie Slither. And there's some other connections to that here yeah. as I go along. And, uh, there was a movie, another superhero movie he made called Super with Rain Wilson from The Office. I've you wanted know. to watch that. That's really good. And it, yeah, actu- and it actually, it. you know, we'll go into it a little bit later on. It actually ties into this movie a little bit, Brightburn, just a tad. So there is a, there is a loose thread connection there. And it's uh, the preacher 
from uh, Curse of La Llorona that was also in the... <laughs> <laughs> No, damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch, that preacher from Annabelle, he's back. Oh, so this is also part of the Conjuring universe. It all makes sense. Yep, now. yep, see? So we can all bring it back. So, yeah, that's, you know, if, if, like I said, if for, for whatever reason you've never heard of them from the Guardians movies and all, and all that success, uh, Slither, Troma, the movie Super, and a handful of other things, too, but, you know, that's the big ones. If you um, hadn't heard of them from these big movies, yeah, then here, surely you've heard of these smaller ones. Here's these, here's these really small ones that you can pick up at the convenience store on DVD for $2. <laughs> It, this movie was written by Brian Gunn, which is James Gunn's brother, and Mark Gunn, which is uh, James Gunn's cousin. Now, apparently, I guess no they... No relation. Okay. Yeah, I think they've wrote some stuff together, including uh, Journey to the Mysterious Island. That uh, uh, I guess it was the sequel, kind of, to Journey to the Center of the Earth, but it had the rock in it. <laughs> I think these oh, guys, yeah. I think these guys uh, wrote that, you know, best I can tell. Um, I didn't go too far down that path because uh, it was very disinteresting. Um, so this movie stars Elizabeth Banks as Tori Breyer. Um, once again, uh, highly successful. You, you'll remember her from the Hunger Games movies, uh, that original Spider-Man trilogy, the Tobey Maguire trilogy. She was, uh, I think Betty Brant or Miss Brant or something like that in all those movies. She was also in the movie Slither. So there's your, uh, another uh, James Gunn connection there. And, uh, another a movie horror fans might remember called The Uninvited. It also stars David Denman as Kyle Breyer. That's Tori's, uh, Elizabeth Banks, her character's Tori. That's her husband, Kyle Breyer. Uh, you didn't remember him most as this is that connection we were talking about earlier to The Office. She w He was uh, Pam's boyfriend, I guess, whenever Pam and uh, the main dude, Jim. I'm liking, Jim. Jim. Like, basically, they kind of went back and forth flirting with each other or whatever, but she had this dude as a boyfriend this whole time until... I guess they eventually like uh, break that up, and then you know they live happily ever after or whatever. But you may remember that from The Office. This is Pam's boyfriend from that. Not um, uh, he. This dude's been in a ton of other stuff. Nothing you know in particular to point out, but he's been in a shitload of TV shows over the last like fifteen years or so, fifteen twenty years. This dude's been in like at least one episode of just like almost every major show that's come out. In the last 15 years. It also stars Jackson A. Dunn as Brandon Breyer. This is uh, the kid that the movie is about. The only the only interesting thing I could find like that he's been in other than this is he played a young Scott Lang in Avengers Endgame. I guess in some flashback sequence in, uh, in Endgame, he was a young Ant-Man. He's been in a handful of other things, but I think that was the thing that m people might recognize him from. But I don't think that was a huge part or anything, but... I'd say this was his breakout role. Also, one other... There, there are a handful of others. Mainly, this is a three-person movie, right? I mean, there's not too many other major major league characters mm. worth going over, except toward the end, once again, we're a spoiler podcast. Toward the end, like, right as the credits start up, you see Michael Rooker. Um, yeah. As, yeah. like, a, a guy on the internet, like, talking shit about, like, the government hiding, you know, stuff or whatever. I'm sure people that listen to this are going to be... Uh, familiar with Michael Rooker from yeah. both the, the first two Guardians movies, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, he uh, and Walking, Walking Dead, Dead, of course. course, and he was in a movie called Slither. So <laughs> there's, yeah. this, there's this other <laughs> connection here going on. Rotten Tomatoes, on the tomato meter, it got a 57%. <laughs> the audience score, though, was 67%. So this is clearly like the audience loved it a little better. And it's fairly consistent across the board, too, because I, on IMDb, they give it 6.2 out of 10 stars which is still that 50 to 60% range. And that's out of uh, over uh, nearly 58,000 uh, ratings on there. Um, and I think like the Metacritic score was fairly similar to like in the 40 or 50 range or something like that. So 
you know, you can tell it's, it's somewhat divisive, really. You know, if you're just looking at these critics and aggregators or whatever about what people say about it, it's kind of good but not great, I guess, level, you know, is what I guess they're kind of the consensus is. So the IMDb synopsis, what if a child from another world crash landed on Earth, but instead of becoming a hero to mankind, he proved to be something far more sinister? It's intermission time. Time to pause and refresh at the snack bar. During this short break, you can treat your taste of good food and sparkling cold beverages, including delicious Coca-Cola. If you're hot dog hungry, we have them. Sizzling, juicy hot dogs served in warm, oven-fresh buns. Plus a complete menu of all your favorites. Visit the refreshment center now. Enjoy delicious food and ice-cold Coca-Cola. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, just looking at kind of like the, the list of uh, some popular mysteries and thrillers that are out there right now, which, you know, kind of falls in what you guys may or may not want to listen to, that you can get with your uh, your free book if you sign up with our Audible trial, audibletrial.com slash bookshow. There's a book called The uh, Persuader by Lee Child that's pretty hot on there. Uh, the Guardians by John Grisham, uh, The Silent Patient by Alex Michaelidis. I guess it's, uh, I'm not sure if it's the, uh, I, I, it's called You by Carolyn Kepnes. I'm guessing it's the inspiration for that, that Netflix show, uh-huh. You. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this came first. I don't know what's first, the chicken or the egg. But either way, if you, want, <laughs> if you like that show on Netflix, You, here's a book. Uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> Buried Deep by Margot Hunt. Uh, of course, the, the newer Stephen King book, The Institute. Um, the Outsider by Stephen King. I mean, just tons of stuff on here. And, and like we said, you know, if you if you use our audibletrial.com slash spookshow, you get that one free book. If you uh, decide you don't want to pay for Audible, you don't want to continue paying for Audible, you can cancel it and you get to keep that one free book. So I, I always think that's important to point out. Um, have you guys been enjoying anything lately on Audible? Uh, yeah, home improvement book called This Old Junk Hole. No. <laughs> what? <Sorry. laughs> by, uh, who, by whoever wrote, uh, uh, uh now, shit, uh, now I'm blanking on the name of the movie. Uh, help me out. Street, oh, yeah, Jim street Bureau, Trash. Street know. Trash. <laughs> whoever wrote Street Trash. Is, oh, that would be a book I'd pick up. And can you imagine it on Audible? That would be just insane. <laughs> Currently not available. Yeah, yeah, not not a real thing. But there are tons of other real things on Audible if you go to <laughs> audibletrial.com slash bookshow. All right, so to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash bookshow for your free audiobook. So there you go. If you want to uh, go check out that, uh, that uh, street trash book that Smoke just made up, you can... <laughs> You can invent it. Uh, I, was that about the junk hole. I was thinking, well, we're sitting there recording. I don't know why the junk hole thing came to my yeah. mind. For some You're always thinking about the junk hole. That's the problem. Yes, that's it. <laughs> Smoke right, so is I... actually recording this from the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> while using his junk, junk hole. From a, from a tire house he built out in the middle of a junkyard that he takes uh, random <laughs> women to. <laughs> to help the creepy hobos rape and murder her. <laughs> Third one from the last had syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> and you can just see the dude doing the math in his head, like, oh, wait a minute, what's that? 
great movie. <laughs> As he scratches his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, oh, God. If any of you at this point don't uh, get the reference, we're talking uh, all the way back to, uh, I believe it was episode seven. We talked about uh, Street Trash from 1987. So that that's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. So I would highly recommend <laughs> going back in the archives and finding episode seven, Street Trash, and, and giving that a listen because that was... That was a good one. Before I continue, I have to say that uh, this is episode 23, so episode 24, our next episode, I think it might be on the list as well, too, so we'll see what happens. And once again, that's another teaser to the end of the podcast here. Stick around and find out what we're going to watch, because I think this is going to be another classic. Um, so this one, Brightburn from 19, or night, good Lord, 2019. <laughs> it's hard to believe that 20 years into the... Uh, into the new millennium, I'm still starting uh, years off with 19. <laughs> well, it did end with 19, so... Yeah, true. You see the scare about, like, uh, they're telling you not to write down dates with uh, just oh, 20, yeah. 20 <laughs> because then they can add whatever year they want to on the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> if that isn't some old lady Facebook bullshit, I've never heard it in my life. <laughs> All right, so anyways, 2019's Brightburn. It begins outside of the Brayer house. You see like a mailbox with the name Briar written on it. And it's clearly a farmhouse, so they set that up pretty quick. And then you see like some infertility and pregnant books around. And then you see uh, a man and a woman, which turn out to be uh, Tori and Kyle Briar. They're over there making out about to have sex. And then they hear a huge crash outside. And then he cuts to you see some home videos of a little baby boy. And then like, you know, some old uh, home videos. Uh, first steps and all that kind of stuff. And then you see 10 years later. And then you see Tori, the mom, she's looking around for Brandon, who's the little boy. And uh, he, he, it's time for him to go to school, and he, he's hiding somewhere. And she goes out to the barn, she finds him, and he scares her. Ha, ha, ha. Um, so you set up this thing where they basically they, they kind of have this game that they play where he'll hide and she has to come find him kind of thing. You know, that's kind of setting it up for later in the movie. So then With you, this creepy little whistle. Yeah. Like that, you know, kind of. I guess it's almost like a, a Marco Polo kind of game they're playing, you know, with each other. Um, so then you see Brandon in uh, uh, school. He's in class, and uh, that, the teacher asks him a question, and you can tell that he's really smart. Like, because he gives, like, she asks him a simple question, and he gives way too much information. So you can see there's something a little different already, right? He's, he's super smart. Um, then there's a girl in the class that kind of, like, smiles at him, you know, so clearly there's a thing there. Um, so then back at home, uh, you hear, like, kind of these voices. And it cuts to inside the barn, and you can see a light glowing up underneath the floorboards. And you hear, like, uh, backwards talking almost like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Then, when you hear this, and this happens, cut to Brandon laying in the bed asleep, the boy, and he starts, like, having a seizure, like, convulsing in the bed. And then he just kind of stops and opens his eyes. And then he just gets up and jumps out the window. <laughs> or just kind of almost, like, falls out of the window and then hits the ground. Uh, and then starts running around. So then I guess Tori hears that there's noises going on, the mom, and she, she goes out to the barn and finds him out there trying to open up these, like, these little cellar doors or like this little trap door kind of thing, you know, in the floor, and he's trying to open them. So then she, she's kind of spooked by this, but she, you know, she grabs him and puts him back to bed. Uh, then the next day, Brandon's outside helping his dad in the yard and whatnot, you know, on the farm, and he cranks up a mower, and then, like, he's trying to crank it, it won't crank, and then he just slings the thing across the field, like, whoosh! That whole thing, like, flies, like, you know, a couple hundred yards away. Um, then he walked, the blades are still spinning cause it starts, the bl it's upside down and the blades are spinning. He walks up to it, sticks his hand in it and it doesn't cut him, doesn't do anything. It just like stops the blades, bends them up, doesn't hurt him at all. 
So now you know for like for real, this kid's done went uh, Clark Kent for sure or Cal L. <laughs> so then later on, they're having it's, it's Brandon's birthday and they're having like dinner for him at like the local diner, which clearly to me looks like uh, they took an old. Uh, uh, Hardee's or Carl's Jr., wherever you are in the country, you know, your reference point. Oh, yeah. It took, <laughs> it took like an old yeah. Hardee's and turned it into like the, the local diner. I think it's <laughs> just damn, close the blinds. It's got to be. I didn't look this up, but it's got to be like an old Hardee's because it looks exactly like one. Yeah, yeah, when I was looking stuff up, even even the thing that I found pretty much said exactly that. Yeah, it's got to be like an old, uh, an old Hardee's or like a, a really old Burger King or something that they just painted up and. Which, you know, honestly, that's kind of what it would be in this, in like a podunk town, right? It would be like the old Hardee's that was there 15 years ago is boarded up. Now it's a, a mom and pop, you know? But yeah, so they're there uh, having like his little birthday dinner with his uncle and his aunt. And um, they give him a gun for his birthday. And his dad, Kyle, says, no, no, you know, we're not giving him, we're not giving him uh, guns yet. You know, or, you know, we're not there yet with him. He's not old enough because I think he's, he just turned 12, right? Um, I think that's the yeah. age they established. Yeah. And uh, so Brandon clearly is not happy, and he says he tells his dad to give it to him. He's like, "What the hell's wrong with you, boy?" You know, basically like you know he's aghast that his son would talk back to him like that. So they just get up and leave. So then they decide like, "All right, you know, well maybe we just need to change the scenery. Let's go. Let's just take him in and let's go camping." And uh, they're getting ready, like they're they're kind of putting their shit in the car, getting ready the next morning to go camping. And uh, Brandon's sitting there eating his breakfast, and then like kind of uh, nonchalantly just starts eating the fork. Like he's just gnawing on the fork and like his dad walks up like Brandon and he just takes the fork out of his mouth and it's all bent up. So then they go upstairs and uh, they find pictures up underneath his bed of like, you know, there's some hot, some hot, uh, you know, models or something you know, like bikini pictures. And then they kind of flip through the pictures and then they, then it's like uh, fucking autopsy pictures or something. Like you see pictures of intestines and like, what the hell? Like it just, it gets darker and darker with each picture they see. Um, <laughs> yeah, because and then the wife, or, or she says, "Is this a guy thing?" Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah. "What? No, no guy thing, guy I thing I've ever heard of." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it falls under the category of to each their own. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe for maybe for Jeffrey Dahmer, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, that, so they decide that you know they after that they go camping and then like uh, Kyle is out there hunting. You know, they're in the woods and it's just the two of them with Brandon. And he decides to give him the talk. And he says, you know, this is kind of the funny part, you know, that awkward exchange of, like, trying to explain this to your 12-year-old son, you know, that it's okay to, uh, basically tell him it's okay to masturbate, you know, if, if you've got these feelings, you know. And, and I thought it was but the funny. the kid's reading it all wrong. Oh, yeah, he's he's completely <laughs> reading it wrong. It's like, you know, if, yeah, if you have these urges, you know, you can uh, act on them, you know. He's like, right now? No, not right now. <laughs> I'm surprised the kid didn't just like slide directly off right straight to the house at that point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then uh, uh, Tori wakes up in the middle of the night. You know, they're camping and Brandon's not in the tent. He's gone. Um, so then you cut back to uh, Caitlin, which is the little girl that smiled at him in class, you know, earlier when he said something, you know, like he gave the smart answer or whatever. Caitlin is her name. And uh, she wakes up because there's uh, she's in her room and there's music like playing on the computer. It's like an old love song or something. She kind of goes over and closes the computer and then she turns around to walk away. And, and then the music starts playing again. She looks back and the computer's open again. And then you, you see kind of in the background that Brandon's in the room, like he's behind the curtain or something like that. Right. So she's uh, she yeah. realizes someone's in the room. She screams. Her mom comes in. They look around, but you know he's not there. He's gone. So then, like the uh, Kyle and Tori, his parents, they're they're uh, they're looking for him now that they've both realized that he's not in the tent. So they're kind of you know in the dark in the woods looking around for him. 
and they're yelling for his name. And then uh, Tori turns around and he's standing there, and he's kind of the jump scare moment. <clears throat> so then uh, Tori meets with uh, the school counselor, which happens to be, I think that's her sister, right? Yeah, I believe the, so. The, I think it's. I, I never quite got the thread there. So like, it's it's Brandon's aunt, obviously, but that's her sister, correct? I believe so. Uh, she's yeah, like, I think so because I think the 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 guy was. They're just friends, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they're just by marriage. Her brother-in-law, her yeah. brother-in-law, I yeah. guess, or whatever. Yeah, so I think that's her sister, who's the school counselor. Yeah. It's his aunt. Um, so she's meeting with him. You know, there's nothing to concern about. I'll talk to him. Uh, so then, because uh, she's talking to him to her about Brandon, I should add. Um, so Kyle, the dad, hears a, a noise outside at the uh, farm. He hears some chickens. And, like, here's a noise, and the chickens are kind of roused up. So he gets his gun, he figures it's a wolf or something like that, or I, I believe so is what he said. And he gets a gun and goes outside, and then Brandon is just sta- standing in there, like in the chicken coop, like just staring at the chickens. Not, you know, not doing anything, he's just standing there staring at them creepily. Um, they're going crazy. Yeah, but they're going nuts. So, like, Kyle takes him, you know, all right, go to bed, what the hell are you doing, it's late, you know. So he go- then he hears it again, and then he goes, out- goes outside to the chicken coop again, and the chickens have just been torn all to hell. Like, you know, they're just ripped apart, all of them, dead. Um, so then he goes and gets Tori, and he, he shows her what has happened, and he thinks it's Brandon. So you're kind of sowing the seeds of, like, you know, I think there's something wrong with the kid, you know, and, and he's kind of coming to uh, terms with it a little bit. Um, so then the next day at school with gym class, they're doing trust falls. These are, like, weird trust falls, too. Like, it's a small little <laughs> circle, and they're just kind of pushing a guy. <laughs> like, I don't remember doing it like that. I'd be like, what the fuck? Get off me. You know, like, <laughs> it's just this really tight circle, and they're just pushing the kid. So, of course, Brandon gets in the middle of it, and uh, Caitlin's creeped up by him, or cre- creeped up. She's creeped out by him because, she, you know, she swears that she saw him in her bedroom that, you know, the night before or whatever. So when he does the little trust fall towards her, she's just like, oh, he's a pervert, and, like, uh, screams and lets him fall, and he hits the ground. And then, you know, she gets in trouble. Uh, from the gym teacher, he's like, no, you know, you're not doing the exercise right. This is a trust fall thing. So, you know, if you don't, if you don't bend over and pick him up, you're going to fail the class. And she reaches her hand out and he grabs a hold of it and he just crushes her hand and snaps it. Uh, Cause he's mad about, you know, all this happening. Like, I guess, you know, he's got the hots for her, but she doesn't reciprocate. So now he's pissed acting on his urges again. <laughs> so then like uh, all the parents are called to the principal's office or whatever for this. And uh, Caitlin's mom, is just straight up talking shit about uh, Brandon, you know, right there in front of his parents. <laughs> like, I know this is a pretty shitty thing that just happened to your daughter, but, like, man, I tell you what, right now, I might knock your ass out if you're talking about my kid straight to my face like she was, you know, in this uh, principal's office. So, yeah, she basically calling him, like, a bastard or something like that, right? Because, like, I guess, you know, it's it's known knowledge that they just adopted him, that they didn't have mm-hmm, him. Yeah. So, yeah, like, do you know who his real parents were? Like, you know, fuck you, fuck you kind of thing, you know? <laughs> So Tori and Kyle, uh, they kind of have a conversation about all this recent weirdness. They finally confide in each other. Like Kyle's like, "Yeah, I saw him. Like, you know, I think he killed the fucking chickens and all this shit." And she's like, "Yeah, well, he was uh the other night. He was in the barn, like you know, trying to get into the uh, the old spaceship under the floorboard thing there." <laughs> like, did he see it? No, no, no. So now they kind of finally confide in each other. This this shit's going on with him. Uh, then of course that night the barn doors are glowing again with the voices that you. <laughs> And uh, and once again, they're playing the Beatles. Yeah, Paul is dead. <laughs> then Brandon goes there, uh, right at the same time. Like it shows Tori, uh, like in another room, she's googling uh, a meteor event that happened in 2006, which this is what have been when the 
little ship fell, which I don't know if I mentioned that at the beginning. Like, basically, I guess that's kind of what you gather. Like, when that noise outside, that it was a meteor or something that hit the ground, and then that's how they found him, right? Like, I, I think you've kind of come to that conclusion by this point that, you know, this, this meteor hits the ground, and they found the kid, and they adopted him, right? Uh, we didn't go deep into that when we first started off, but... Um, so she's looking up, like she's Googling something, which to me, it seems like, you know, 12 years uh, within that 12 years, wouldn't you have like Googled something about this no! meteor and that's, <laughs> and that this might've <laughs> happened and someone else might know about it or anything. You wait until you wait until your kid might've turned into a, uh, alien serial killer before you look this up. <laughs> Clearly you never adopted a, an alien child and just fell into your lap. Well, <laughs> there was that one time back in the eighties, but, um, so anyway, I got the psychologist for that. Here's your problem. He's a fucking alien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Brandon's out in the barn trying to open this, this trap doors and he finally opens the doors and then he starts like chanting, like first, first, you know, talking like, like chanting along with the, uh, the, uh, the noise that's coming out of there. And then he's floating in the air when, uh, Tori walks in and sees this and she kind of like, what the, you know, what the hell Brandon? And then, uh, he falls, but he falls on the, like the little, the spaceship, the craft or whatever you want to call it down there. And he gets cut on his hand. And then that's when she tells him like, you know, you know, yeah, we found you from a fucking alien meteor. <laughs> you know, she basically <laughs> just breaks the news to him right there. So he's pissed and like runs off. Um, but as he's mad and he takes off, like he's like kind of like uh, uh, stomping back to the house, I guess. And he's kind of, I guess he's trying to interpret what the chant is. And uh, he's able to interpret take the, you know, pretty, pretty quickly. And then eventually he says he, he catches on to the last word is world. So take the world and then his eyes glow and then like heat vision, like he screams like blast of heat vision, um, which I thought was a cool little scene. Mm. Um, so then you, uh, he goes to Caitlin's house, the little girl once again, who he just snapped her, like crushed her fucking hand and snapped it at the wrist. He goes to her house in the middle of the night with flowers and she says they can't talk. He said, my mom tells me not to talk to you. He says, oh, I'm about to take care of that. <laughs> and then he leaves. <laughs> so then you cut to Caitlin's mom, who apparently like works the late shift down at the old Hardy's diner. And uh, she hears some noises. And then the, all the windows, inside, I guess she's in there by herself, obviously. All the windows inside the restaurant fog up. And you see this little like BB symbol that he's been drawing, you know, like sketching and stuff in his books. It's kind of like a, uh, like a backwards B and a forwards B, but like a spike kind of look to it you know um they're all over the windows when the windows fog up like he's done wrote it like a hundred times on the windows and then uh the light fixture on the ceiling blows and a shard of glass shoots like right in her eye and this is probably one of the more fucked up moments of the movie because she decides <laughs> to pull the glass out of her eye right then and there and it's not a small piece it's like you know a couple of inches long like <laughs> pulling this shard of glass out of her left eye and then like blood gushes out and shit. It's pretty gross. Like I don't see how you can like, sit there and watch like that. Lu like, Lucio Fulci wooden splinter eye. No, it's not quite that long. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see how you can sit there and watch it like God almighty, you know, like you're going to cringe watching this. It, it's, it's pretty rough. Um, and I thought the, I thought the special effects on that was pretty good just because oh yeah. it yeah. follows her eye around. Yeah. You mean like afterwards yeah, when she pulls it out and then like her vision and everything. Well, no, no, I meant, like, when it was still in her eye, and, like, you know, your your eyes naturally move. And, uh, 
like the shard is just like following her eye. Oh yeah, it yeah, moves yeah, it's, it's moving. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It definitely makes you like ah, oh god, you know. Yeah, like I said, it, it's hard. That. It's hard not <laughs> to cringe watching that. It's yep. pretty fucked up. So she pulls it out, and then like like you said, it's kind of like the first person shot where you can see out of her eyes, but like one, one side of the screen's kind of bloody because her, her that eye's all messed up, and the other one's fine. So she 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 knows someone's in there, but she can't quite make it out with her vision all messed up. So he's stalking her around, but he's not really revealing himself. He's just kind of like running around or flying around in the room, you know, not really doing anything. But so she's uh, trying to get away, and she goes into the freezer and closes the door. Then he, uh, I'm assuming the old heat heat vision, laser vision, you know, coming out of his eyes. He like saws the door in half with his with his heat vision, and then just pulls the door, you know, uh, open like out. So the, the freezer door just blows out. Um, that was another thing, too. Like, So are you to assume like that's him like burning it and then just pulling it and flying backwards? Or does it's almost like maybe he's so fast, I kind of thought that maybe there might be like some telekinesis involved here. Like, does he have... I mean, I know they never quite explained his power set, right? But, like, are you to assume he's just that fast? Like, he just comes up and pulls the door back and then goes to the back of the room? Or... Do you think that's he, what I would say? Or do you think he that's has some kind of telekinetic yeah, that's what I was power? Too, that he, I was thinking just a just a fast, you know, super fast, super strong. Yeah, that he, he just, just pulled, melted the door with his laser vision and it pulled it yeah, into then, the restaurant, and then just kind of like flew back to the back of the room or whatever. Yeah. Um, either I mean, way, that's what I was. That's what I was. I, didn't, I, I just didn't. I, I it kind of felt a couple of times like maybe it's just because yeah. they wanted to show how like fast they might he go was. that way. Yeah, that like there might be some telekinesis or something you know, going on with him. But I guess he's just, he's so powerful and so fast, I guess is what they want to show that, you know, it almost looks like telekinesis. He's so fast. Um, but yeah, he pulls the door off and then he's kind of standing there for a second. And she's like, what the hell? And then, and then he just speeds at her. Like you don't see what he does. He just kind of whoosh, you know, whooshes at her real fast. So then it cuts to uh, the next morning. Um, he's, he's playing it cool. Like, and no, you know, I was mad last night, but everything's good. We're all good. Uh, with his parents. So they're like, all right, you know, that's weird, but okay. Um, <laughs> so then uh, you see the cops down at the diner, they're investigating it cause she's gone and they, they can tell something happened. They just figure it was a robbery, but they're just, you know, you watch them kind of look over the scene there. Um, then Brandon is at school with his, uh, with aunt counselor there. Um, you know, they're kind of talking about things and he, he kind of, he kind of leads into uh, leans into a threat a little bit, like you know, yeah, if you're gonna say anything, you you know, you probably shouldn't kind of thing. But she's like, well, you know, well, I got to do what I got to do. It's my job, you know, kind of thing. Um, so then that night at her house, uh, Brandon shows up and tells her not to talk to the sheriff because basically, like, yeah, that's not gonna be good for me, my parents, and it's especially not gonna be good for you. <laughs> um, so she's like, all right, and then you should probably go on home. He's like, yeah, I'll walk home. I'm good. I think he just closes the door, but like there's weird shit going on, you know, because he's probably uh, flying around out there and fucking with the uh, security system and all that. So then Brandon's in the house, like creeping around and stuff, and his uncle Noah comes home. You know, he's been out drinking with uh, Brandon's dad. Um, he comes home, and then he eventually, like, he's in there brushing his teeth or something, and then he finds Brandon in the closet wearing the hood. <laughs> he's like, what the hell? What the hell's wrong with you, little creep? Like, walking around in here with a hood on, with a stupid looking hood? <laughs> Um, so he's like, yeah, I'm going to take you home. So you like get in the car. And then like, he walks around and Brandon's not there. Then, what the, you know, like what the hell? And then all of a sudden, I guess Brandon just grabs a hold of him and tosses him into the garage door. So then, uh, 
Now, I thought it was a weird reaction. So, like, he grabs him, throws him into the garage door, and then he just decides to get into his car and drive away. Like, you would think your next reaction would be, like, to go in the house and make sure your wife's okay, right? But no. Yeah, same here. Like, that entire scene, I'm just like, he really doesn't care about his wife. Yeah, he just gets in the car and, like, he's trying to get away, or, or is he trying to find him? I don't know what the hell. It's like, maybe that just spooked him out and he didn't know how to react to it. I don't know. It was kind of a weird play there but either way he gets in his car his suv and uh he's driving down the road and then all of a sudden brandon flies out of uh out of nowhere and like hits the side of the uh uh suv and then the, kind of the lights are going on and off like you know the car is kind of like you can't get it cranked you know the old horror scene of come on come on you know trying to crank the car and uh then he looks like the, it's, this is a pretty cool scene though when like the lights the headlights of the suv are flashing on and off on the on this back road that he's on and you see Brandon standing there, and then they cut off, and they come back on, and he's gone. It does this a couple of times. Oh, no, yeah, when he sees him, I thought this was kind of funny. When he sees him, and then oh. they come back on, and he's gone, he's like, nope, uh-uh, nope, nope, not cool, nope. Oh, yeah. At that point, he was hovering above the ground. Yeah, Brandon yeah. Was- <laughs> oh, hell no, 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 no. Nope. <laughs> you know, I think, I think that's what everybody would be saying, like, in real life, if they saw somebody yeah. hovering above the ground. Nope. Yeah, uh-uh. I'm not nope. seeing what I'm seeing. Nope, uh-uh. Uh, so of course then Brandon grabs a hold of the SUV and like lifts it up into the air, you know, a hundred foot or so, however far away. And then he just drops it straight down. And then the guy, guy eats the steering wheel. It just basically (laughs) snaps his fucking jaw right off, uh, which I thought was pretty gruesome. Yeah. Um, so then he's laying, but he's still alive and he's laying in the road. And then, uh, Brandon comes over and like dips his finger in his blood and like off his jaw there. And, like, writes that BB symbol on the road. Then you cut to, uh, he comes home a little while after this. He finally shows back up at the house. And his parents are like, where the fuck have you been at? And he doesn't have a shirt on. And, uh, he, like, she's like, uh, I was playing soccer. You know, it comes up with some bullshit that they don't really believe. And, uh, he, he doesn't want them to take his shirt. He, he takes his shirt and goes on upstairs. I'm going to go to bed, you know. But they're clearly suspicious that something's going on. Uh, then Kyle, the dad, has a dream, this weird dream sequence of when they found him, which I guess kind of explains it a little bit more about, you know, the, the specifically on like how the meteor fell and then they went out to the woods and found him kind of thing. But it's like this weird psycho dream of like, you know, his wife turns around, she's got blood pouring off of her face. And then she, he looks down at blood the baby. Blood starts pouring out of the baby. Yeah. And then he looks down at the baby and the eyes start glowing. And then like, he's got fangs like, Wah! and then he, Wah! you know, he jumps back, <laughs> back, back awake. Um, so then they get a phone call from the hospital that, you know, that Noah's been in this accident and they go down there. So then the next morning, you know, they go to the hospital to, uh, uh, aunt counselor there, you know, they're, you know, they, they can't go see him or whatever. Cause he's pretty fucked up. Then it cuts to the next morning and, uh, Kyle and Tori, the parents, they, they t- tell Brandon that Noah has died and he's got absolutely no reaction to this. He's just like, Oh, well, <laughs> oh that, okay. that sucks. <laughs> I feel like you want me to cry. But yeah. I'm not going should, to. <laughs> should I cry? <laughs> Um, that, you know, that's fucking, uh, evil incarnate right there. If that's your reaction to it. So then Kyle like loses it and like basically accuse of him of knowing about all this shit and doing it and everything about everything that's been going on. Like, this is you, like, you know, you basically, you like, you went evil and I'm accusing you of it right here on the spot. You know, (laughs) Tori kind of like, no, how could, how dare you say that about him? You know, but they're kind of pushing back on each other about this. And then, uh, Kyle's pretty mad, but then Brandon grabs a hold of him and pushes him into the shelf. So he manhandles his dad. So then, you know, he just goes to his room or whatever. Or he, he leaves the room or something like that. And then eventually Kyle goes upstairs 
Uh, oh yeah, he goes. He just goes up there and starts taking a shower. That's what it was. And Kyle goes up there, like I guess, to talk to him. And then he uh, looks around in the room and he finds the the shirt that they he wouldn't show him the night before, and it's got blood all over it. So he shows this to Tori, and then they kind of argue about it. Like, look, here's your evidence. Like, something fucked up's going on here, and she she won't hear it. Um, then he cuts to the sheriff down at the you know the police station, kind of making the connection that this BB symbol that you know you've seen in the movie. He saw it at the diner, and now he sees it at the uh, the car accident here on the scene there. So he's kind of making the connection. Something's going on here. So then Kyle and Brandon decide to go camping, or he decides to take Brandon camping. And uh, meanwhile, like while they're, they're going out to go camping, the sheriff comes to visit uh, Tori at the house and shows her this picture of the BB symbol. He's like, so you don't think it's coincidental that... Uh, this BB symbol and uh, his name's Brandon Breyer, you know, kind of, she's like, no, fuck off, you know, she, she shuts the door on him. So then she goes right upstairs and, of course, makes the connection that this is what it is because he's been drawing these symbols all over his notebooks and all over everything and him basically taking over the world and blowing it up. So then uh, you go back to Kyle and Brandon in the woods, they're out hunting, and he's like, yeah, this looks like some deer tracks here, and Brandon does, and he bends over. Kyle straight up takes the rifle and shoots him in the head. No effect. So he tur- <laughs> <laughs> he turns around. It doesn't, I don't even think he says anything to him. He just basically chases him down as like Brandon or uh, his dad Kyle's running. Brandon catches him and then like stares at him. Please don't kill me. Don't hurt me, son. Don't hurt me. And then just does the laser vision, blows his fucking head out, like blows his brains out, just right through his eye sockets. Um, so now you know he's truly lost. Like he's he's full on evil now for sure. <laughs> what did you guys think of that that scene, that particular scene there? Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty brutal in the theater. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I can yeah, imagine. I loved it. Now, now you've seen it again. Uh, yeah. If you watch the boys, yeah, yeah, uh, there, <laughs> oh, there, yeah. there's a scene with, with that, which I, I personally thought was kind of uh, funny as far as my viewing. It's like me and my wife watch the boys, and when it happens in the boys, I guess because everything's so ultra violent in that, my wife didn't react quite as much. But in this one, she she almost wanted to turn away, and I was like. What's the difference? <laughs> and I grabbed her head and said, you watch this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this was, this was definitely one of the cooler scenes of the movie. I mean, it's fucked up, but it's a cool, you know, for movie's sake, yes. it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So then. Here's uh, something you really want to see Superman do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which they, they have dabbled with these kind of things in the comics, you know, not to go as far as to see Superman do it. But, uh, you know, in, in comics, there have been. Uh, characters that have had similar power sets that have done very similar things, you know, so, you know, I don't think you need to ever see Superman do it because there's plenty of other depictions that are basically Superman of him doing it, you know, so they don't ever have to go there. So, yeah, then uh, Tori calls uh, Kyle's phone and Brandon answers and uh, she's like, where's dad? Oh, he's gone. Where is he? I think you know what I mean by that. (laughs) Where are you at? He said, I'm home, mom. And then like crushes the phone and then you see him like hovering you know a couple hundred yards above the house you know he's flying around so then you see him like flying around and through the house just like tearing the house up and she's screaming and running around and then the police finally calls 911 yeah yeah and then the yeah she she manages to call 911 in this and then the police eventually show up then like the sheriff and a deputy like walk up to the front portion and the sheriff is just obliterated right away pretty much right like woo, he's taking off the board like just a splatter of blood so then the dep- the deputy goes in the house and then he eventually, like, she's kind of creeping around, like, you know, looking for uh, looking for him. And then he eventually just grabs a hold of her and just pummels the shit out of her and tosses her right in front of his mom. Like, you know, she's beat all to hell. She's dead. Then uh, 
basically at this point, Brandon's coming for Tori, so she's running around, and she eventually like, jumps out of a window and then runs out to the barn because she recalls that uh, when he fell down on, on that ship that it cut his hand. So she's thinking the you know the metal off the ship might hurt him. So she makes her way to the barn, and she goes down to uh, like get a piece of this off the ship. And then behind her, you see Caitlin's mom. Remember the woman that works at the diner? She's like strung up on the wall naked, like she's been dissected. Like he's done, he's already done like a damn like uh, dissecting the frog science project <laughs> on her against the wall down there, um, which you know once again pretty fucked up. Um, <laughs> Which you are, you know, I was curious, like what he did with her, right? So you know, they had to come back around to that. Yeah. Um, so that's what happened to her, uh, and she's kind of strung up on the wall next to the ship there. And then uh, now, like Brandon comes, and now they're face to face. Tori and Brandon, you know, mother and son, they're face to face. Now she uh, takes the hood off of him, and she's like, you know, I know there's good in there, and she gives him a hug, and then she pulls up that little piece of the metal off the ship, and she tries to stab him in the back. Nope, no dice. He's not having any. He catches her hand and then flies her straight to the roof. I guess pretty much about as far as he wanted to go, you know, a mile up, up in the, the air. stratosphere. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's basically just shooting her up <laughs> in the space damn near it. And she's just kind of staring at him, and he just lets her go, falls to the ground. And then he looks over to the left, and there's a plane coming toward him. And you don't see what happened, but then you see the aftermath of this. There's plane <laughs> wreckage everywhere right over the uh, the farmhouse there. And uh, you can hear, like, a news report going on, like, yeah, you know, uh, pretty much everyone on board died. And uh, also the people that live at the farm, uh, Tori and Kyle uh, Breyer, they, they also passed. But surviving is the uh, 12-year-old, there's 12-year-old son, Brandon, and he's just sitting there, like, eating some Toll House cookies, you know, <laughs> in the middle of, the, uh, of all this shit going on. And, uh, you, uh, by the way, when they show the wreckage go by, you can see the BB symbol, like, written on a part of the plane there in the background. Yes. Um, and he's just eating a cookie. And then you see the words Brightburn. So after that, like, it's really kind of like the credits start, but then there's, like, some immediate cutaways. And you see, uh, this is where you see Michael Rooker's character. Apparently the character is called The Big uh, the Big T. I didn't quite catch that, but apparently that's his uh, character name in this. He's just one of those, like, I guess, doomsday, you know, uh, guys that have one of those weird YouTube shows that just talks shit about the government all the time. I guess it's kind of the role it is. And he's sitting there... Uh, just talking about how like the government is hiding this, the fact that these, I guess there's these funky things going on. Now I don't get all the connections. I'm a, ima I imagine that these must be attached to something, but I did notice. I was, yeah. But I did notice that one of the ones that they show there, when he's 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 referring to some of these other things that have been going on. One of them is Rain Wilson's uh, dude from Super over in the corner. So, oh, was yeah, yeah, I wouldn't so, have got that yet because I still haven't seen that. But. Yeah, so clearly that 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 means that you know they're in the same universe here, right? This. Brightburn and now Super, and I don't get the other references. I guarantee they're referring to something. I didn't look it up. Well, um, I got Aquaman out of one because didn't they mention something about a fish type creature? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but the like, and they one? said something about a witch, right? Like some kind of witch doing some stuff. Yeah, is, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I believe the witch is Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. With yeah, lasso. About, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because he mentioned something ropes, like the witch with the rope. <laughs> yeah, something I'd seen uh, was talking about like if you like look in the pictures and some of the words in the background, you see uh, uh, Scarlet Speedster, uh, which oh, obviously like is the Flash. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and then uh, uh, an alien, which should be the Martian Manhunter. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like connecting this shit to, oh, the, like to the Justice League, sort of. <laughs> yeah, con yeah, connecting it to DC, it's but, but it's not connected to DC at all, kind of thing. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. But but at least the super one there is a connection to a diff uh, another movie there with that with that so 
whenever you get a chance, go check that one out, which is kind of weird comparing these two movies because they're not similar at all, which I think would be kind of funny if they were connected. But, yeah, whenever you get a chance, go check that one out, and you you might see some more of the connection there. And, frankly, for me, it's been a while since I watched that one, so I'm not remembering all the connect, you know, the uh, the ties that may bind there. But, uh, yeah, that w- I remember that one being good, just not not in this same vein, different kind of movie. Um, yeah. I think I actually have it on DVD. I just haven't got around to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I remember it being really good, and I enjoyed it. I just It's been a while since I watched it, so I can't tell you all the ins and outs. Um, but, yeah, for you guys, go check it out. Anyone else, go check it out. I'm sure there's there might be some more connections there that you might be able to point out now that you've seen Brightburn. So I, I'm guessing that that would be his name with the BB and all that. He's Brightburn. I would think, yeah, yes. I guess that's the, the – that, and, and it plays into his name, Brandon Breyer, as well. Yeah, yeah. I guess the BB. The BB, Brandon Breyer, Brightburn. Right. Yeah, yeah, so I guess that's where it goes from here. And it's kind of like his his evil Superman symbol, right? Where, you know, Superman's yeah. got the S on his uniform. That's like his S. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> his BB written in people's blood and whatnot and whatever else. <laughs> I've heard – I've heard uh, or I read a couple of things. It, it sounds like, you know – it sounds like they'd be willing to make another one, but I don't know if it, if it was successful enough to ever make another one again. So this this might be a one and done kind of thing. I don't know. You know, who knows these days? You know, with reboots and remakes and sequel mania, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there's another one one of these days. Especially since you know James Gunn's going to have more than enough money to do it himself if he wanted to. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think the problem with that is is his time. True. I mean, him being knee deep in the Marvel and DC universes now, you know, he may not. And I wouldn't anticipate it anytime soon. I mean, hell, this hasn't even been out for a year. So, I mean, this is probably years down the line. And maybe we can refer to this uh, podcast years from now when they make Brightburn 2. But I'm sure it's coming eventually. I mean, they made other Cloverfield movies, right? So if you can go down that road and make a bunch of movies off of that, then surely you could make a bunch of movies off of this if you wanted to. Especially yeah. with the superhero. Yeah, because really, because you really do want to see more of that. <laughs> you know, when, oh, yeah. That I'm... last part where he, like, you know, he just destroys that airplane. It's like, like, what else? You know. You just want to kind of see him go completely full evil that way. Yeah. Because they've already got it in this little cosmos of, you know, their world, the husband and wife and him. And then now it's, you know, he's out basically. <laughs> so I guess uh, it's time for our star rating. So, uh, Will, where do you land on this one? Well, I, I enjoyed this one. I, I, like, I As soon as I saw the previews, I knew I wanted to go see this at the movies. Uh, and I, I loved it when I was at the movie. So I'll give this one a four. Solid. Smoke, where do you land on this one? Uh, yep, yeah, I really enjoyed it too. I, uh, you know, like well, I saw it. I saw the trailer, and trailer hooked me in. Saw it in the theater. Now this is the second time watching it. Uh, but I give it, I give it a good uh, three and a quarter. Um, myself, I think I'm gonna kind of land in between both of you. I'm gonna give it three and a half. Uh, it's kind of what I had in mind even before you guys said that. I, once again, I'll go back to what I said toward the beginning of the show. Like I wasn't disappointed at all. I enjoyed it. it you know, it was basically what I thought it was. But in some ways, that kind of hurts it a little bit, too, because you almost saw everything. I don't know how to frame it. Like, you know, you just saw the writing on the wall. You knew how this was going to go, right? You know, there, there were yeah. no huge shockers here, I don't think. But, you know, there's something to be said about that, too. Not everything has to be shocking and twist-turning. And, you know, sometimes what it is is what it is, you know, and it can, they can lay it out for you, and you can still enjoy it. I was just a little bit I – I think I was just wanting a little bit more uh, evilness, like I said earlier, you know, more more viciousness <laughs> out of them, you know, like – you definitely saw it, you know, obviously, I mean, he straight up blew his dad's brains out, right, <laughs> with laser vision, and then he pushed, or uh, he flew his mom up to damn near space and then just dropped her, so that's pretty damn evil, you know, I guess, you know, I guess you just, I just, I just figured there'd be at least one scene of him doing mass chaos, 
And you did get a little taste of that in that little cutaway in the credits. You know, that yes. he takes out a whole building or something like that, you know, and this. And I guess I just I just figured that somewhere along the line toward the end, there'd be like, fuck, you just see him level a city or something like that. You know, just something <laughs> just something out of this world kind of thing. But you never really saw that. So, but, but yeah, I mean, three and a half is solid. I mean, it was it was damn good. I'd definitely check it out again. And so I think we all agree on that. Right. Like we all enjoyed it and oh, yeah. highly recommend oh, yeah. it. And, you know, you, you'll enjoy it on multiple viewings. Um, so that's uh, 2019's Brightburn. So we go from the highs of Brightburn to possibly the lows of the 80s. We are going next episode. We are going to watch a movie from 1986 that honestly I didn't even know existed until uh, this past week or so. Uh, I don't believe any of us have watched it, so we're going to throw it down and watch it. It's called Never Too Young to Die, starring John Stamos, Vanity, and Gene Simmons. Oh, and it also has George Lazenby, which wasn't he like uh, James Bond in, in one mm-hmm. or two of those movies? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and a, a little-known actor named Robert England. He's in it as well. I want to read you a couple different synopsis because uh, <laughs> these are really good. This one, there's you know how IMDb does a number of synopsis sometimes, but this one uh, is written by Brian Vian at Earthlink.net. It says, a top-secret agent is murdered, so his estranged son, a high school gymnast, teams up with his dad's attractive female partner to stop the psychopathic hermaphroditic gang leader who killed him and now plans a major terrorist attack. Another synopsis, this is on uh, Google, and this one's even better. A spy's son, John Stamos, inherits the case of a heavy metal he-she, Gene Simmons, <laughs> out to foul city water with a floppy disk. So, yeah, none of us have seen this, I don't believe, right? Didn't we uh, establish that before the show? No, and I have no fucking clue how a movie with Gene Simmons as a heavy metal he-she got by me in 1986, <laughs> but it did. <laughs> Think, things you didn't think you'd hear today is, uh, yeah. <laughs> man, Gene Simmons as a heavy metal he-she got past me. <laughs> but you hear, you heard it here for, uh, first, folks. So, and also I should add, this doesn't necessarily follow our, uh, you know, somewhat of a tradition of, uh, you know, it being horror. Although I guess, you know, it just depends on your definition of horror, right? Like uh, Will considers Catwoman a horror. Um, <laughs> this might be horror for a different oh, reason. Kind of, <laughs> this might be horror for a different reason, <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of thing, but it's, uh, it's an action adventure, comedy, drama, you know, you name it. Apparently, uh, I, I'm guessing some, <laughs> some type of po- post-apocalyptic edge to it. We'll all find out together folks. So oh, yeah. come, and I think we can, we'll probably end up broadening our horizons a little bit as far as including some of these just oh, yeah, really yeah. Out, off the wall cult films Yeah, <laughs> that might not be labeled horror, but are, Definitely in that same ballpark of, of just, you know, enjoyable or just really bad. Or just so bad it's good kind of thing. Yeah. I think this is going to fall in that category. So, yeah, this is going to kind of be the start of us kind of going down a little side road, if you will. You know, the the alley, the back alleyway of uh, of uh, what we've been watching. Um, <laughs> then the junk hole. The, yeah. yeah, next to the junk hole is the back of the video store, and that's where this is. Um, so come... <laughs> So come listen uh, next episode to Never Too Young to Die from 1986. Last I checked, uh, just to help you out, I think you can rent it on a number of platforms, but I'm I'm pretty sure you can go on Tubi TV and it's free to watch. You know, if you want to go check it out there, as of the recording of this podcast, at least, you know that that could change. But um, so yeah, go check hey, that out. You think out. we could? 
You, you think we work in an interview with John Stamos? Get some <laughs> oh, yeah. background on this? I think we need to ask him if they did a sequel called Never Too Old to Live. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was called Never Again. We can work on that. Never Again, now. Yeah, yeah. I think George Lazenby's still alive, so maybe we can... <laughs> what did you think of this? <laughs> God damn. Why did I do this? <laughs> I needed some money for Coke. Sorry. Yeah, I played yeah. James fucking Bond, and you got to remember me for this. <laughs> We do crazy things for drugs. <laughs> Alright, so check it out next episode. There's this one time there's a heavy metal hishi, but for <laughs> Alright, like we said before, you know, you can uh you know check uh go to the all American Spook Show at gmail.com if you want to email us any anything. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, T Public. Uh go check out mutantfam.com. Um so we're all over the place, so no excuses on YouTube, everything. So uh I guess for Will and Smoke, I'm Josh, and we will see you next time here on the All-American Spook Show. Thanks a lot, guys.